Greece. Easy on the wallet, but is it worth your time? We deal with angry winds and bargain with a forest friend in order to find out here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome absolutely everyone to Broke and Gaming. I'm your internationally listened to podcast host, Shay. And I'm your five-star host, Dan. (laughs) Dan, what have you been playing since last we recorded? I've been playing a lot, actually. I've got um, uh, a new friend named Kit, who I love the challenge of when someone tells me that they're not really a gamer. Because that's just going to make me want to show them a bunch of things. So, nope. yeah. No, see, you know, the fun thing about when somebody says they're not really a gamer, that's just them saying that that's not a hobby they're into and not a challenge. Well, I took it as such (laughs) and succeeded. First of all, she's already totally obsessed with this week's game, which we'll get into a little bit later. But I've been trying out a bunch of different things and downloading some old stuff that I, I didn't have on my hard drive anymore and showed her a couple of the games that we we've done on the podcast and yeah, it's been a pretty good success rate. But in addition to that, I got back into Spiritfarer, uh, a game that you and I have talked about off the podcast that I am absolutely in love with. The price is a little bit out of our range right now. Uh, I hope it's something that we can cover sometime in the future. But I fell feet first back into that game, which, God, it's so good. Yeah, I, I think you ended up buying it. Right. I don't know that you've played it yet. Um, I think I do did buy it, but I can't remember what platform it's on. So I have not played it. Yeah. Spiritfarer, uh, in case we we do end up covering it on the show, I won't go into a whole lot of depth. But you play as a new boatman, like a, a new spirit boatman who shepherds souls into the afterlife. And it is so charming and so heart wrenching. It's one of my favorite games from last year. And yeah, I just hope the price drops low enough for us to cover it. <laughs> but but yeah, so I've been dipping in and out of that. Revisited Undertale, revisited. Yeah, a couple different things. It's been it's been a, you know, a slapdash sort of week. I didn't play anything <laughs> for more than an hour outside of Spiritfarer. But yeah, what have you been playing? I dove headfirst into Xenoblade Chronicles. Whoa. I've been playing the shit out of that game for like the last week. It's like it's super fun. It's real easy to pick up. Like the the dub that they did on that game is absolutely ridiculous. Like for some yeah. reason they all have like mid London accents and, and it's just yeah. it's just bonkers. Why why? The Xeno series is a game series that like I haven't really played enough of, especially being an RPG fan. I played Xeno Gears. Yes, one, and I don't think I've played one since. Oof. I know. Xeno Chronicles looks really good, and I have no excuse. Well, I think probably your excuse was that when I got it, it was on sale, and it was still 47 fucking dollars. That, that's a really good reason, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jesus. Ugh, man, Nintendo did this thing, like, a couple years ago where they just kind of quietly shifted all of their new like launch games or like all of their like brand new games up to $70. Yo, no, no, no. 
and it seemed like it was going to be for just like one game because it was like I, I I forget what game it was, but it was like this massive game that they were putting on the Switch or something like that. And like since then, I don't think they uh, launched their games less than seventy anymore. So, fuck Nintendo. Yeah, that's pushing pushing out quality weird. shit, but uh, fuck them. Well, that's that's kind of the the thing, like. Very few studios take as much time and care with their stuff as Nintendo does. And I've mentioned before on the podcast, like they're very precious with their IPs. So I get it to an extent, but also it's underperforming consoles comparative to a lot of others. Like we sold really well. I think Switch did really well in the pandemic, but by and large, they have a, a smaller market share. So it, it's interesting that like they're going to make their games a premium price comparatively They're just not going to attract too many more like new buyers, I guess. I don't know. That's that's an interesting tactic. I don't get it. I I fucking hate it, which is a shame because I really love the switch. Like super easy to just pick up and play and like. I don't need it to be hooked up to my TV, which is great. Yeah, a hundred percent of the time as a developer also like they kind of exclude themselves from the other market. Like you can't get Nintendo games on steam like you can for, for other publishers or developers. So they're really limiting who's going to be able to play their games as well. It's it. I don't know. It's so strange. I never really understood Nintendo logic as a whole, like why they don't want to play nice with everyone else. That's why. Yeah. 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 Anyway, other than that, I've been playing into the breach. I picked up arc this like, dinosaur survival game yeah that and like horizon zero dawn came out at the same time and they looked really similar to me i know they're not but right, yeah just yeah. from the trailers like they felt very similar so uh-huh. i i didn't do any more research i know the second one's coming out and i know that vin diesel is in it for some stupid fucking reason but because the dude's a huge fucking nerd and he just does what he wants now i'd love to live that life right Make a couple million for just saying three words over and over on a script. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Uh, I don't think I played anything else. All right. Well. Oh, you know what else I played a lot of? What's that? Super Blood Hockey. You bet. <laughs> yeah. You went back to that. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely still on my hard drive. I, I did dip into it a little bit since we last recorded. Just because yeah, man, it's it, fucking it is dope. It's one of the best games we've covered in the realm of shut your brain off and just go like, it's so mindless in a good way that, yeah, yeah, it's what, again, what a gem. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to that one. It's it's our most recent one. I can't believe how good this game was. Our, our overall score might not reflect that, but that's just for little nitpicky things. It's definitely a solid buy. Yeah. Well, Shay, let's see if this week's game fares as well, because today we are talking about Greece and we will start as we always start with our short change history. Greece is a 2018 platform adventure game developed by Barcelona based Nomada Studios and published by Devolver Digital. This is the first game created by Nomada after working for AAA Game Studios, longtime friends Adrian Cuevas and Roger Mendoza met artist Conrad Rosett. The trio immediately clicked, founding Nomada Studios and setting out to bring Rosette's art into an interactive medium. Chris is the recipient of several industry awards, mostly for its unique visual style. 
and Gris is currently available for Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, and mobile platforms, and has sold over 1 million copies worldwide. So this is the first and currently only game by this studio, and it was, I'll say, an unprecedented success. Like this, as far as indie games was concerned, made major, major waves in in the market. But somehow it still seems like kind of underground and not a lot of people have heard about it, which is interesting. Which is wild since it sold more than a million copies. Right? Having played this with with my friend, like I said, she immediately got obsessed and was looking at all the different fan art and all the different merch you can get for it. Like, it's got a really good underground following. It just doesn't have seemingly the cultural resonance of like an Undertale or a Hollow Knight. This seems to still be like the indie of the indie. Because I had you heard about this prior to me pitching it for the show? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I know Kelsey had heard about it and maybe saw a trailer when I mentioned to her that we were going to be covering it, but that seems to be the case, and I don't totally understand why. But to kick things off, do you want to talk a little bit about the game itself? Uh, sure. I can do that. So in Greece, you play as what I can only imagine is some kind of fairy that lives on a statue, on a statue's hand, and then the statue breaks, and you then float through these uh, areas looking for light dots that you then use to help you solve platforming puzzles, and I guess try to rebuild the sky is what it looks like you're trying to do, but I don't know. I'm very confused by a lot of story points. And we're definitely going to dive into that. (laughs) But that right there is a perfect description thus far. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what this game means to represent. So you play as Grease, that is the character's name. Throughout the course of the game, you experience the five stages of grief. So... This is a game that doesn't have any dialogue. It's all told through subtext. And what you're kind of supposed to get out of everything is that Greece is dealing with the death of her mother, which is represented by that big statue. So the different lands that you go through are all Kubler-Ross, like Dabda model. Mm -hmm. So that first area, which is gray and desolate, represents denial. The second area... Which is why I, I mapped our opening stinger the way I did. Represents anger. Uh, the green area is bargaining. Blue is depression, which you just got through. And the last one is acceptance. So as you're going through this, you're kind of experiencing the emotional journey of this character. It's just they don't tell you that like dead on its face. I definitely got that from... Okay. I just didn't... I don't quite understand like... I mean, I'm... Sh- now I'm sure that you're going to rebuild that like star bridge above the like main hub, walk back up and like have this moment with a statue. But like, I don't really know why we're doing that. And right. that's all. I just like, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, that's I get it. I get it, but like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? It does. Again, this is, this is like deeply layered subtext a lot of the time. Which is kind of a thing in indie games more recently. We talked about this a little bit with 
like Edith Finch, where more and more developers are using video games as an actual art form to tell a story the way they want to tell a story. So with one of the founders of this uh, studio being just a straight up like visual medium artist, they kind of geared it toward how he wanted to represent the journey of somebody dealing with the death of a parent or loved one. Sure. It's just kind of wrapped up in this like little package where, you know, you can turn into a block and stuff like that. It's it's so bizarre. So there's a there's another game called Rhyme that is much more in your face on the surface about the five stages. It's another really great indie game. I would recommend that. I don't think we're going to end up covering it, but it's five stages, each one representing one of the stages of grief. I kind of like the way it's done in Greece better because it's not like shoving that concept down your throat the whole time. Like you have to look under the layers to to get that that's what's going on. You don't think that I mean like I don't think it's a particularly subtle concept. You know what I mean? No. It's I mean you you understood it. I understood it. I don't think I got it the first playthrough to be honest. Um I more so got it watching Kit play cuz oh by the way as an experiment for the podcast, this is the first time that like I've played a game previously and didn't play it specifically for the podcast. I did it vicariously through another person, which was actually kind of fun because I got to just sit back and, and watch somebody else's reactions and be able to take in everything. I might try that with some other games later on. But but yeah, it's it's not like it's a big secret or or totally hidden. And there's even literature that the, the publishers have made specifically pointing to that's what it is it's just with there being no dialogue you have to be able to pick that stuff up on your own is i guess all i mean oh okay gotcha yeah sure yeah yeah i think rhyme literally the stages are named for the five stages that sounds right i feel like i've yeah. heard of rhyme yeah i enjoyed it it's just like i said it's it's much more this is what our game is about so deal with it kind of thing you know sure but uh let's get into the actual gameplay so this is a pretty straightforward platformer and kind of in the way that like you pick stuff up in other like almost Metroidvania type things like you pick up little tools and, and abilities to help you navigate the world. Mm -hmm. And I think done in a really sophisticated manner, like you don't get the stuff until you absolutely need the stuff, which is nice. So Grease can sort of transform her body in, in certain ways. Like I said, she she can basically form a block <laughs> right in order to either weigh things down or in certain cases like use it as as like a stepladder kind of system with some some freezing points and stuff like that and yeah i just i i really like the way they did this like it's it's really really simplistic platforming done very very well right what's what's also nice about it is for a novice gamer like it it's not terribly challenging this is not necessarily like a gamer's game. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the same way that like some of the early Mario games were like almost anybody can play this. Like I like that they had the presence of mind to be like, we're not trying to make something super challenging. We're not trying to make something super in depth. And, you know, you're going to throw your controller against the wall. We want you to experience this world and what we have to say, which yeah. I I love that in in games like this. There is a challenge aspect to it. There are optional pickups throughout the different areas and they mm -hmm. kind of tell you how many are in each but they are totally optional it just gives you a different ending this is one of those games where you know if you 100 percent it you'll get 
the full ending, which again, I, I like that being done as an incentive for people who want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so much good stuff about this game. First of all, are you, are you planning on completing it? Like, how are you feeling about it so far? Oh, I, I gotta, I gotta, well, I, uh, I say that now, right before we started recording, (laughs) um, I uh, checked to see where I was at in the game. And apparently it was at a part that doesn't have a checkpoint and the subsequent autosave, even though it was heavily implied that I had finished the chapter and was moving on. So I have to do this whole sequence again. And so like that bums me out a lot. So, I mean, I probably will finish it eventually, but that is really frustrating. With the exception of like those optional pickups, you are roughly 80% through the game. Yeah, there's there's the one more major area left and then like little things here and there. But you're pretty much almost there. So, yeah, I would I would recommend finishing it if you if you feel up to it. Right. I, I this is like not the first time you've had issues with with save point stuff. <laughs> oh, my and God. I can yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely understand the the frustration. Yeah, I don't know why this podcast keeps doing that to you, but yeah, here we are. I don't know. I think we can probably go right into pros and cons from here just since you know outside of gameplay and subtext there's not a lot to discuss right. i just want to gush over <laughs> some of the finer aspects of this because man oh man cool let's do pros and cons then and i'll go first so that you can have time <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh so big pro for me obviously the visuals in this game are absolutely stunning like the the color palette that they use you know like you said is represented in each area by a different like um I wouldn't say dominant, but like a like a theme of a color, I would say. Yeah. You know, once you complete chapters and like there's like a little quote unquote cutscene where a new color is introduced into the world and they just they just do such a good job of like making that seamless and just like the design of the game is just gorgeous. Yeah. I want to I want to piggyback on that just a little bit for for context, because that is one of the coolest things about this. As you're going through, it almost makes it feel like you don't see certain colors. And so when, say, blue is added to the palette, now areas that you've already been with are filled with water. Yeah. Like it's it's the exact same path you've tread. But now there's there's water there or when they added green, like there's. There's, you know, plant life and things like that in areas that were much more desolate. So you're kind of adding to this entire world as opposed to just the places that you're in. And I love the way that looks. I love that aspect of it. Yeah. Along with that, like, you know, we touched on it briefly, but I think that the way that they chose to represent grief was really well represented, I would say. Yeah. Like, you know, to me, I picked that I, I'm, uh, not right away, but like once once you got to anger like that was actually no. When the statue breaks and you fall down and then like right away, you just like can't move. You're just like struggling to walk like that. Right. I don't know. I feel like it it set the tone really early on for how it was representing uh, what it wanted to represent. And I think they did a really good job of that. I think the visuals did a good job of 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 um, heightening that. I also really love the sound design. 
on this oh game. Oh my gosh, like yes. The soundtrack and just like the just the the atmosphere that it creates. Like and not only is the soundtrack really tight, but like the the levels, you know, the levels that it comes in, the music comes in and out are just absolutely fantastic and really evocative uh, for what you're trying to accomplish. So like visual sounds all really working coherently to to pass like to put out this message that they're that they're trying to trying to convey. Yeah. I will scream this until the end of time, but my biggest con for every game that ever exists that doesn't have this feature, manual saves. Yeah. I don't understand why game developers are like forcing me to play a certain amount of time on the game. If I have 20 minutes, I'm not going to be able to sit down and play for the hour that it takes me to get to your next fucking checkpoint. Like, don't, I don't get it. Let me play games at my pace, you know, that fit into like my time frame. Like, stop, stop forcing me to sit down and do a certain amount of the game in one sitting. Like, I, it drives me insane. I totally agree. That's that's why I tend to stick to playing games on the PlayStation as much as I do, because you yeah. can just suspend it and go back to it after a while. You can even put the, the PlayStation in sleep mode and pick up right from you left off. I've never been much of a PC gamer because it is so hard stop with certain things that I just right. I, I can't do it yeah. because I, I am that person who like I'm going to play this, you know, for 20, 30 minutes if yeah, I have and then I have goes, shit to do. do. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's it's weird because this isn't a very long game. So uh-uh. having uh-uh. checkpoints parsed out the way they are seems counterintuitive. Like you should be able to save from any point, especially because once you get through like a specific obstacle, like in your case, this chase sequence, like that should have been a checkpoint. Like there's uh-huh. no reason it shouldn't have been. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, so 100% on board with that as a con. I I will say uh, I have I have one more con. The margins for error in this in this uh, like the platforming is razor thin. I guess not razor thin, but like you know once you get that double jump, like there's a lot of things that you can just kind of do now. But there are also like some platforming elements where like you have to leap off of the platform in a specific spot yeah and that's not terrible but it is kind of annoying especially when you have to go back and do the same fucking jump sequence 45 times yeah yeah it's very very precise yeah there are a couple instances i can think of that were like that the the hot air balloon that portion where you have to like weigh it down and then run up the stairs that one's not the easiest thing in the world especially for a novice gamer yeah. When that big bird is screeching at you and you have to like kind of time it to carry yourself across the wind, more or mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. Again, not great. And actually, that is my first big con. So Kit ended up buying this for mobile and oh my God. it is not good. <laughs> I can't I cannot imagine that that would translate well to mobile. It's beautiful still. It's oh, just, yeah, no, I just can't imagine those controls on a phone. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're she's making her way through it, but it's just so much more difficult. Like mm-hmm. 
having played it before helped tremendously because she knew what it was that she had to do. But like, for example, in order to make that block shape, yeah. you have to swipe down on the right hand side of your screen. Nah, nope. Yep. No, exactly. No, 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 no. Exactly. It's ah, so no. fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah, it's not designed for mobile. It it probably shouldn't have been ported to mobile. I know there are ways to to connect Bluetooth controllers to your phone, but like who has who those fucking has that? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that being said, she loves it for the ability to screenshot because some of the photos that she's taking of this are just jaw dropping. Uh, she she does know that you can take screenshots on a PC and a PlayStation and an Xbox and the Switch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But she, <laughs> she feels like she has better control over it with this, which I'm not going to argue. Fair enough. Plus, it's just easier, I, I think, to do that and then post to Instagram or wherever. She's having a good time, Shay. Hey, hey, listen, chase your bliss. I'm just <laughs> I don't know that I would spend five dollars on this game to play it on my phone and then like base that entirely about screenshotting. That's yeah, all. that's fair. But like I said, it is a big, big help that she's played through it recently on a console in order to, you know, know exactly what she's doing. There's that chase sequence where you have to mm-hmm. chase the little dot in the in the water area. Yeah. And had she not played it on console, there's no fucking way she said that she'd have been able to do that. Because, again, you like you're double tapping on the screen in order to do that little boost move as mm-hmm. opposed to just tapping on Good God. X or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's just so poorly designed for mobile. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just not meant for mobile, you no. know, like it no. just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm not big on mobile games anyway. We did mention in a previous episode that Oxenfree operates perfectly well on mobile so there are games that do translate but that's also like minimalist gameplay style right you're you're in it for the narrative this i just i don't i don't i wouldn't recommend it having helped her through one of the areas and trying to grapple with it myself Mm -hmm. it was awful big pro is the use of the camera Mm. in this game yeah i love it when a game knows that like you're going to like the look of this, so we're going to pan way the fuck out so you can get a full picture. I love that. Yeah. It just shows from an art direction standpoint that they know what they're doing. Man, oh, man. There are some absolutely just gorgeous, gorgeous scenes in this game. That The last area that you have to do, even more so. Like, I think some of the most beautiful scenery is in that last area. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what you think about that. But yeah, just with the... As you said, the the use of color and and everything like everything ties together so, so well for this visual style and everything else pro wise, I fully agree with and and was what I was going to end up going nuts over anyway. So I think that'll take us right into our rating system. It absolutely will, Dan. It will do that thing. And it did it. And we're here. (laughs) Question one. Does it work? Yes, I'm going to say yes. I mean, there are some little nitpicky things when it comes to the preciseness of your controlling, but yeah, that's not like a controls issue. That's, that's, that's user error. And that's true for all platformers. I think. Absolutely. It is. This, I think responds really, really well. It just requires coordination and precision. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Which, you know, even for, for a novice gamer, you can get there. And that's, that's what I like about it. Like the controls are not super difficult. You're not dealing with a bunch of buttons. 
Mm -hmm. You have very specific layouts for the different things you need to do with the exception of mobile. So if we're strictly (laughs) going off of consoles and PCs the way it should have been played in the first place, (laughs) absolutely this works. Yes. Full point. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think I think that all of my issues with uh, the, you know, the platforming elements being a little too precise were because it's been well documented on this show that I am very bad at timing in video games. So uh, that was definitely user error on that one. So I, I agree with you 100% point there for me. Question two, is it fun? Yes. I don't think necessarily. Well, I'm yes, uh, it is. Hmm. Actually, you know what? You go first because I think this might be a convincing thing. I, uh, I'll, I, I'm gonna say no. Okay. I mean, you know, putting aside the fact that I'm bad at timing, and that's like the whole most of the game. Like it's rough stuff, you know. Especially if this is like something that you have dealt with or deal with in general. Like it's, it's, it doesn't feel good, you know. Like you, you play through it. You're like, great, <laughs> wonderful. Fantastic. So I think I think that it's a little bit hard to like separate the content of it from the game. Yeah. For me, at least. So I I don't I don't I'm not going to give it a point here. So what I'm wrestling with is kind of the same thing we talked about in Edith Finch, where. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is Kelsey's argument of is it engaging versus is it fun? Right. And it absolutely is engaging. And I think mm-hmm. the platforming is very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I might be leaning toward a half point here because I there there is a lot of pleasure derived from nailing a jump, getting across a ravine, figuring out a puzzle. You know what? I'm going full point. Yeah. My argument sure. is only because I don't think it's it's that desolate. I think this is a game you can kind of turn off your brain a little bit in that you can just play it to play it. I don't think you have to do the deeper digging on this. It's there if you want to view it as that. But I don't, again, because it's not so in your face about it, the areas are not named for the five stages. It's a forest, an ocean, a desert, that kind of thing, where it's like these can just be what they are. If you want to really view it as as what it's intended by all that's means, fair. but yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. So yeah, I think I'm going full. I think we got to change that question. We might need to. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, if you think we should change how we do this and, and maybe make it engaging instead of fun, let us know. Yeah, that might be a good idea because this is, this is something that we've kind of stumbled upon a couple times now. Yeah. Right. Does it look good? My God, does it ever absolutely beautiful as i said in the short change this won a couple different awards for visual style including an annie award which is like a comic book i mean it's illustrations in general but like it's it's one of the biggest industry awards for animation right and that won this it's mind-numbingly beautiful i i can't get over how gorgeous this looks like everything from character design to to the environments, like everything feels very different. Everything looks very unique. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely stunning front to back. So full point there. Is there replayability? And before you talk about this, I have a question 
Sure. So I missed like a shit ton of those memento, the collectibles. Yeah. Is there like, can you go back and get them? You can. And I think because of what we were talking about where it adds those color palettes, I think in some cases you're required to. to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say yes, only because even though there's not like a new game plus or anything like that, it is kind of worth going back and getting those those extra things in order to get the the other ending, which gives you a little bit more context as as far as the story they're trying to tell. I won't spoil it for anybody, but yeah, I, I would say it's worth replaying. So I'm going to give it a full point here. Yeah, I I would agree that like I know that when I would see one of the mementos that I couldn't get to at that moment, it would drive me insane. And I would like spend, you know, 10 minutes trying to figure out, is there a piece of this puzzle that I'm missing? So like, I would say there is some value in replaying it, but also like, I, like it, it's not a long game and right. it's like taxing sometimes, like emotionally taxing. I, I'll give it a half point here. Because the completionist in me was going insane, not getting the mementos. But I, I think, you know, for some people, it may just be like a nice once and done kind of a thing. So sure. I'll give it a half point there. Okay. Question five. Is there a story? Yes. Again, subtextually. But mm-hmm. yes, there is definitely a story there. Yeah. So I'm I'm going full point on that as well, I think. All right. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, like you can just kind of if you want to turn your brain off to like the subtext stuff and that takes the story out of it completely. So I'll give it another, I'll, I'll throw out another half point here. All right. Fair I enough. I think it's merit merited. Yeah. All right. And finally, Dan, is it worth the cost? This game is almost always on sale. I initially picked it up for, I believe seven twenty around when it first came out. Yeah. What, uh, what did you pay for this? Six seventy nine. Six seventy nine. Okay. Yeah. This retails at I believe seventeen dollars, but again, it's been on almost every indie developer sale I've ever seen. Yeah. But I think for everything I've gotten out of it, I think that's a reasonable price. Jeez. I'm. <laughs> I think I'm going four actually. Four. This is a game that I would I would recommend getting, for sure, but. Being that it is, you know, uh, between three and four hours of gameplay, just straight through, if you're not going to spend the time to go back and get all the the extra collectibles and things like that, I think like the $10 range would be reasonable. So similarly with, with Super Blood Hockey, I think I'm going four on this. Yeah, 17 is like way too high for me. I think if you get it in the $10 range, I feel like that's probably fine. I think it was... For me, at least, I think it's good right where right where I got it at, at, you know, seven dollars, basically. Yeah. Jeez, seventeen dollars for for that game, huh? Yeah. I mean, right now it's it's 60 percent on Steam, basically the same price as you picked it up for a little right, while right. ago. No, I'm, I'm sure that it's not seventeen dollars anywhere. Right. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I got to go three here. I, like, you know. Great, it's on sale all the time everywhere, but like if you started at 17, that means your 20% off is still higher. Yeah. I don't know. I I I just feel like there's not enough like 
I'm good with three for now. What I would ask, and it's the, the first time I've asked this of you. Sure. If you do end up finishing it mm-hmm. and you feel differently, we can cross that bridge. I will say something on the next episode if I feel differently after I finish it. Okay. But but I'm I'm solid think, with a with a three for right now. I think three is where I gotta put it. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. All right. Well then that's gonna put us at for now, six points for Shay, nine points from me. Um and this is as of yet our biggest points gap. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. not totally surprised by. I knew it was gonna happen eventually, but Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think we hit all the major points here. For visual style alone, this is a game I, I feel is worth experiencing because it is so unlike anything else. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think it's super unique. Uh, I love the forest friend so dearly. Right. Dude's adorable. The cutest little thing. And I told you this, like when I first pitched the game, I am genuinely considering getting a tattoo from this game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just so deeply in love with the visual style. Yeah. So like it almost pains me to not give it a 10, but also we have to be somewhat objective here. So, yep. All right. I uh, Six feels good for me. I, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that. And, and you know, like none of the things that I said uh, that I took points away for, like it, it in no way should you take that as like, don't get the game like, no, I, you know, that's just my opinion on the game. So I would still I, and I would still recommend playing it like it's a beautiful, beautiful game. It's just a little bit, a little bit tough is all. And as I've said previously, anything over a five is something we're recommending. Right. It's just at the price you want to pay for it. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with those scores. Yeah. And you reserve the right to, to change your mind. Yep. But, oh, uh, hey, Shay. Want to play a game? Lock me in a glass coffin, Dan. I would love to play a game. <laughs> Short and to the point. I like it. So I forget. I feel like they started filling it up with water or something like that. But you're probably right. So add blue to the color palette and then it <laughs> fills with water. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy with how that turned out. So for this week's game, you already know half of the answers to each one of these questions. What we're going to be doing is. Each one of the answers is going to be one of the colors that get added to the palette in Gris. Okay. All right. So we're going to start right off. It's five questions, uh, each one kind of corresponding. So first, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, released in 2018, were Switch remakes for the 20th anniversary of what game? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yellow, right? Gotta be yellow, right? Yeah, it's Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, yeah. see, this is gonna be an easy one. <laughs> I can do colors. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's one point. Next, what 2009 TV tie-in game published by Ubisoft for the Wii, DS, and Windows? Saw your character rising the ranks from intern to chief of surgery by completing a series of critically panned minigames. And this is a color? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck. Um... The TV tie-in. 
is the important part Yeah, here. no, I'm trying to think. I, like, cannot remember. Oh, oh, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck was on I, in 2009? Fucking Grey's Anatomy, because it's been on for uh, 900 years. <laughs> God, that show has so many seasons. And it's like ER, where every character has died at this point that was at the start. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, at hospitals, everybody <laughs> dies grisly deaths. <laughs> right. Nobody just like... Yeah. Don't you remember... Nobody just gets sick. Don't you remember your local hospital getting a plane crashing through the... Yeah. Yeah. That happens everywhere. Everywhere. Every hospital. Yeah. It's the most dangerous job on the planet. Yep. All right. Next. Character designs and animations for the Dragon Quest series were famously done by Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama. But what... Xbox 360 exclusive RPG released in the U.S. in 2007 did Toriyama also design, which was then spun off into its own manga series and anime series. This is a weak area for me. (laughs) 360 was your favorite console. Yeah, but I didn't play anime games on it. Ah, jeez. Is blue one of them? Is blue one of the colors? Blue is one of the colors, yes. Okay. Oh, I have blue. Never mind. (laughs) I wrote blue down. Um, Okay. All right. 2007, you said? Yep. Xbox 360 exclusive. Yep. Um, Is a color. I would like to buy a hint, please. You got it. We're not not structuring that game this way, but you got it. So this title thematically works with the rest of Toriyama's works, or like most of them. So it has dragon in the name somewhere? Red dragon. Yeah. Red dragon? Sure. I'm sorry, it's blue dragon. Fuck me. <laughs> I thought... Yeah, like a 33% chance <laughs> with that you had left. <laughs> well, I mean, it's actually like 25 because I can't remember what the last color is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and I'm hoping, All right, fair enough. I'm hoping that just kind of resolves itself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, so that's two points so far out of three. Next question. Which version of the popular and long-running RTS series, Command & Conquer, featured the acting talents, a term I use very loosely in some of these <laughs> cases, of J.K. Simmons, Peter Stormare, Gina Carano, Jenny McCarthy, George Takei, and of course, Tim Curry, who uttered the forever meme-worthy, I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know the clip I'm talking about? No. Because that gets around every so often. No. It's just Tim Curry on, like, a green screen <laughs> in a military outfit. And he just he just overacts the living shit out of it because he's Tim <laughs> Curry he's and Tim he's Curry. the yeah. best. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not familiar with that, but I'll look it up as soon as we're done here. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's it's the best. We'll post it on the Twitter as well, yeah. because it, <laughs> if you haven't experienced this, you absolutely need to. Okay, so this is, you said this is from uh, Command & Conquer? Yeah. Okay. It's like one installment in a in a series that they have done. Uh, so as long as you get the series, we're good. I think it's like Red Dawn or Red Horizon or something like that. You're so close. Um, Take one more crack at it. Hold on. Um, you got the color. I'm, I'm, I'll let you know you have the color. Because, yeah. you know, Russia. 
<laughs> Fuck, I know this. Red. I'm just going to say red 19 times over and hope that that helps me out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that jogging your memory thing. Right. I, I don't know. Fuck, Command and Conquer, red. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Dan. It's not coming to me. It's all right. It's Red Alert. Ah! Specifically Red <laughs> Alert 3. I know. Uh, all right. I feel okay all about right, that. So, I don't know that yeah. I would have gotten that one, but I feel good that I was on the right track. You should feel even better that you're going to get to hear Tim Curry over at. That's, <laughs> that's the true reward in this question. All right. And finally, in 2014, a free-to-play survival game was released for iOS and Google Play in support of what horror movie? Uh, 2014, you have one color left. Yeah, it's the one I can't remember. Um, uh, 2014, in support of a horror movie? Uh-huh. The horror movie itself had, like, a survival horror aspect to it. Was it Green Inferno? It was Green Fuck Inferno? yes! <laughs> I went to see that in theaters. Oh! Yeah. I saw I saw Hostel in theaters, which is also Eli Roth. Yeah. Which is pretty much the exact reason I didn't see Green Inferno <laughs> in theaters. <laughs> uh, fuck. Well, Shay. Did you know, you, real quick, before we, before we move yeah. on to, to the scores and shit, did you know that Eli Roth was, like, the guy behind, like, the one of the first Netflix original series? Wait, no. Yeah, he, uh, he created uh, Hemlock Grove. Which uh, oh. I want to say was the second Netflix Ridge. I you I believe you're right. It was uh, Lily Hammer and then Hemlock Grove. Yeah. I think you're I think you're correct. Um, hold on a sec. I have to look that up now. Okay. While you look that up, just a note for the listeners at home. That's three points for this week's episode. Very well done. Definitely a redemption from last week, and I, <laughs> I can't apologize enough for how that one turned out. That's all good. God damn it. All right, this is going to take too long to find out, so I'll, uh, I'll come back next time with the answer <laughs> for all Netflix's right. original, original program. Well, we'll have those answers and more for you in our next episode, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so through our Twitter or Instagram at BNGpod. If you want to share the show, you can do so using our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash bngpod. And, of course, as we said at the top of the show, we are internationally listened to. We are five stars. And if you want to continue that trend for us, if you want to leave us a, a review, please do so on iTunes or anywhere that will let you talk about us. And, you know, tell a friend. Get the, get the word out on this show. We're having a really good time making it for you guys. We want to continue doing that. So give us a hand. Tell an enemy too. But uh, yeah, tell it. Tell everybody. Yeah, just tell. Just start subscribe. Like steal people's phones and subscribe to it when they're not paying attention. We cannot. That would be cool. We cannot condone stealing people's phones. I'm just gonna every episode now just <laughs> recommend they do something illegal. Just, just, just encourage <laughs> a crime. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, all press is good press, right? Like, so if we end up in the papers because we're <laughs> I love. I love that you went with papers in 2021. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, do people not read print media anymore? I asked on a fucking podcast. Uh, 
Anyway. <laughs> All right, Shay. Hey, uh, what are we playing in the next episode? The next time, Dan, we'll be playing Foul Play. So tune in for that. A game that's been sitting on my hard drive for conservatively, like, I'll say four years. <laughs> and I've maybe played five minutes of. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm probably wrong on that. It's fine. But in the meantime, and until next time, Goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>